Look, up on the slopes. What is that? Well, it looks like a pair of cross-country skiers going downhill. No, it must be some alpine skiers with broken bindings. Wait, on closer inspection, it's... Those Telly Guys. Alrighty, uh... Welcome to another episode of Those Telly Guys. My name is Morgan, and today I am joined, as ever, by Rich, and we're also joined by Steve Leader, or Steve Crazy, all the way from up in New South Wales. How are you, Steve? Welcome to the show. Hey, hey thanks, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me over. It's a pleasure to have you here, Steve. We've just got the news that we're coming out of lockdown, which is exciting. We'll be able to ski again, but how are the conditions up there? I heard you had a huge storm. Saturday was probably the best day of the year. Everybody's called it the best Australian powder they've ever skied. Um, of course, I had to miss it because it happened on a weekend. Uh, today was yesterday it rained a bit. So we've got a whole mixed bag at the minute of, of slush and fresh snow and ice and wind pack. And it's a whole mixed bag, but there's another storm coming tomorrow. Uh, and then another sunny day on Wednesday, Thursday, tomorrow's Wednesday. Just another another Australian season all wrapped into one week. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, a bit of wind, a bit of rain, a bit of, you know, unbreakable crust. People, that's, that's amazing to hear that uh, locals, I'm assuming, you know, long-time Jindabyne locals are included in, uh, you know, calling it the best Australian powder day they've ever had. Like what... Um, you know what, what? What are we talking here? Like, what? Uh, what sort of depths were they uh, skiing in on that day? Well, the reports were calling eighty-five storm total, plus yeah. the bit. But the it was the wind. It pumped like eighty k winds, so everything from the entire main range blew onto the hill. So easily like one meter drifts, uh, and. If you know the right spots to go, it was they were epic. Like they were, they were awesome. Yeah, awesome. We do often see that you ski perisher quite a bit, getting out there and hitting all sorts of features. Is that where you grew up and learned to ski? Uh, well, I grew up skiing a whole bunch of different resorts in Canada. Um, I've only really well, I've skied in Australia since about two thousand. I came over for a little trip uh, and then went back. And then I came over 16 years ago uh, with a lady friend who she's still a friend, but she's an ex, I guess you'd call now. Um, So we, yeah, now I'm, now I'm here full time. Whereabouts in Canada are you from? Uh, I grew up in Ontario, kind of the middle, everyone calls it the East, but middle of Ontario uh, and then when I was about 17, I jumped in my little van and drove out to Squamish, um, climbed all summer and skied. I opened a ski shop for Sun Peaks Resort and and ran that for about four years. What sort of ski shop was it? Did you have Talamite gear in there? Uh, that shop was just, it was just a sort of your basic snowboard ski shop. I mean, it was, I guess the cool thing about that, we had a demo fleet, every single ski in every size, demo fleet out the front door. Um, and you'd ski down to the lift from our shop. So that was a pretty cool experience. Made, made selling skis for me pretty easy. I just said, here, go try this. 
um, and then leave me your boots tonight and I'll mount it up and you can ski your brand new ones tomorrow morning. Most people did that. Sounds like you've had a, you know, a lifetime sort of involved in skiing and snow sports and stuff, Steve. But when, um, when, when were you first exposed to the beauty of Telemark skiing? Telemark for me was probably about when I was 15, 16. I had been riding, I was on a snowboard and I got bored with that. And my best mate was an alpine skier for a billion years and he got bored. So we thought, what is something that we can kind of both be brand new at? And we, we both worked at ski shops. So we went, well, why don't we grab these plastic boots and this stuff um, and we give it a go. And that was my, that was my first first go and I've never really looked back since that first season I would telly for the morning I'd fall I'd get broken I'd be sore by noon and I'd jump back on my snowboard and it'd feel like I was I was all fresh and ready to go again uh, but by you know by the end of that season I dropped the snowboard and all I did was telly this might be winding the clock back a bit Steve but can you remember the setup you had back then Ooh, I had what was it? It was like an Oslo. I remember the color. It was like a maroon. I don't remember the, the boot way back then, but it was a, a, a solo plastic something, rubber bellows. Um, I was onto a cable binding and a Kessley lime green mountaineering ski. It was, a, it was definitely an interesting setup. It was light. It was, it was... It did the job. Yeah, so the Solo was a leather boot, so we're talking quite some time ago there. Yeah, well, this is easily 20, well, um, yeah, almost 20 years ago. Wow. <laughs> I guess I guess being... <laughs> to make you feel like... <laughs> I guess being 20 years ago, you would have had a fair few different setups and, you know, like Telemark and just skiing in general has sort of progressed a fair bit with regard to technology throughout that time. You, you, you must have seen some fairly you know, good and not so good changes to technology and different uh, different bindings and different boots and things. So what's, uh, what have been, you know, your favourite pieces of equipment along the way um, with regard to Telemark skiing? Wow, uh, definitely. I guess I've probably skied every Telemark binding that's been made. Uh, it was, it's been pretty cool having... Um, having known Bruce now for with wilderness sports for four twenty years. Well, yeah, from 2000 was when I met Bruce on a trip to Australia. Um, and through him, I have definitely skied a lot of, uh, interesting and different things. I skied the old Scotty Bob. Uh, that was, that was, that was an interesting ski. We got, I get, got to get on a, a telly board. Um, so like a slalom or a mono board with telly bindings on it. Um, that was, that was just weird. Uh, yeah. I have seen those. Yeah. It just, it just doesn't, doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. I just I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's kind of what I thought then. And I kind of still think it. I still, it was, it was weird. It was definitely, you know, why not try as many different random things as possible. And it was as, as random and as different as it came in, in Telemark. That was for sure. But then, you know, getting to be on 
all the different cable bindings that kind of came through finally finally getting to get on like onto the the hammerheads and then i kind of skipped i was probably lucky enough to skip the well not lucky because they still ski pretty rad um but i actually just went straight from hammerheads onto outlaws okay. so that was i there was a bit of time on the on free rides and freedoms and only a bit. And those are all stashed away high up on a box, uh, high, high up on the shelves at the minute at the store. Um, but now as soon as I got to, to step into my first set of Outlaws, I was a uh, game changer for me. I was stoked. Yeah, we have heard that about the Outlaw. What makes it such a good bonding for you and what's your current setup at the moment? Well, my current setup is the Outlaw. Uh, I'm running a Scarpa TX Pro, uh, and I'm I'm putting it on the the head core. This year I've got the 111 and the 105s. Well, the 105s just my leftover from last year. Um, but yeah, the core 111, and I wasn't sure if it was going to be too much of a ski for this year. But after the last couple of days out on it, holy cow, it's like it is set up so, so sick. I love it. And it's just wide enough. It's big enough to stomp anything, but it's still carbs. Like that slushy, gross stuff today. Some people were wanting to be, it was just perfect. I love it. Yeah. yeah, it was a pretty perfect day. So just thinking about your experience with all these bindings over the years, do you see a big difference between 75 millimeter bindings and NTN? Yeah, I guess I do. It's it's the 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 real connectivity to the ski, the transition of the power or the transformation of the power from your foot to the ski. That whole step in, just the fact that I can step in. I throw my ski on the ground, I step in and I walk away. I love that part to it as well. Um, the brakes on it. Uh, 22 is pretty cool that it, they all do ski the same. Um, you know, that, that you can't almost don't have to, you don't feel that they're there. They just do their job and let, let you just flex the way you need to flex and you feel the ski and nothing's inhibiting you from feeling the ski and feeling that in the snow. People keep telling us you've got, fantastic edge control far more superior than something with a 75 mil binding would you agree with this yeah well i guess the nice thing is it comes comes back to you it comes back to your boot you've got a boot that's that's solid you're binding you've got such a strong lock in that cable there's the shift there's play that can happen in the cable whereas you step in to the play to the the outlaw and you're just there. You're you're locked, and the the power the power just goes from your feet to your to your ski. There's there's no lag. There's no there's no loss of anything. Yeah, I guess that's one of the other kind of commonly stated benefits of moving to NTN from 75 mil is that, uh, and I guess this is kind of hard to describe through just talking uh but yeah like when you lift your heel off the ski with a 75 mil binding there's some sort of uptake time before you start to generate any real 
pressure or force through the springs, say in an axle or something like that. Whereas, like you're saying with the with the NTN binding, it uh, yeah, it you get resistance straight away. Is that that's sort of what you're getting at there, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, that totally makes sense. It's it's just the instant you think about turning, the the instant you want to lift your heel and you roll it onto an edge, it just does it. It's instant. I always talk about, I guess, dealing, kind of working with the store. I, t- I deal with a lot of like instructors and things like that. And my style of skiing is probably the opposite to most instructors. But I talk about like if I put toe power on my toe, if I lift my baby toe, I want the ski to react like that instant. And I get that with my outlaws. Soon as if I just lift that little bit and I put that pressure, it's instant. And that's what I really that's what I love about it. You spoke about um working at the shop just then, Steve. You obviously met Bruce back in two thousand or two thousand and one. Uh, how long have you sort of been associated with the wilderness shop in Gingerbine or and how long have you sort of been working there? Well, I guess I'm on and off been associated since since day one uh that was when i was skiing for i was skiing for g3 way back then um and the boy said hey there's there's this shop uh yeah there's this shop and this guy over in australia can you find them they order our stuff they're bringing it in for us um yeah tell us what you think (laughs) <laughs> happened to be the first shop I went into was Bruce's shop. And I'm like, oh, this shop's cool. Uh, it had like my, I don't know if any, if you haven't been to the shop, it's an experience. It's, you'll see stuff. It's like, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of museum. There's a bit of history. There's a bit of future all the new the newest of the new there's stuff you've never even heard of before bruce loves to find the coolest new thing and he wants to tell everyone about it and about how cool it is and that, and that's pretty rad uh for sure yeah i guess yeah we're working there i've been on and off with them since then i've been back winter to winter now for I think this is my fifth straight winter back in the shop. Yes, it is quite the institution. I always try and take a visit to the Wilderness Sports Store down in Gingerbine whenever I'm there for a ski. Or, But I'm interested to know what your role is there. I've since learned you control the social media sides of things. Are you like one of the ski techs there as well? Yeah, originally Bruce had said, hey, you're... I used to own a, a stationary store years ago and when i was closing that shop down that's bruce said hey come and be our our tech we need a tech this winter i went yeah sick let's do that um but i think i kind of my my role has evolved into one of um bit of a jack of all trades i spend most of my time in the shop in the in the workshop but then i'm over on the higher bench uh out on the sales floor I've been fitting boots since I was 16, so that's that's definitely something that I I do most of um, in the shop. 
whether it's molding liners, uh, we're still trying to finalize and, and sort out our, our master fit. Um, boot, um, our footbed machine. So we'll be able to do what well, we do now quite a bit of different foot, footbeds and um, boot fitting. So I do a lot of that. Uh, I do the social media, uh, I do just sales and I kind of do a bunch of different things. So yeah, it keeps, keeps the day exciting. Trying to keep up with whatever I'm meant to actually be doing. I'm trying to remember what I'm meant to be doing as well. That's staying on task is never my, my forte. Nice. It's and cool. You- I get to just stay. I, if I get lost, I just start talking about ski trips with people. Everybody's on their way into they're in there because they're on their way to do some adventure. Uh, whether it's their first time on snowshoes or cross country skis, or they're going on an overnight expedition or they're going out to ski some cool line that they saw once before. Uh, so I kind of, that's, that's probably, that's a pretty rad thing is getting to make sure people have all the right stuff and just getting them ready for their cool adventure. And you, but at the moment you're up because um, we'll, the wilderness shop obviously has a store in Jindabyne and they have a, a, a small shop front up on the mountain at, at Perisher. Uh, is, that's where you are now, isn't it? Uh, right now I'm in the Perisher store. Uh, this, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, in Perisher we just do mainly just uh, all the Nordic gear, basically just Nordic gear. We've got some NTN um, and cable tele gear here. Uh, and some snowshoes. We also start most of our uh, guided trips from here, Um, whether it's a snowshoe trip, because we've got some some great um, snowshoe trails that pretty much go right from across the road from our shop. Uh, And it's good access to a few other places. So it's it's kind of a handy little little spot. Um, And because the Nordic trails are right across the road from the front door kind of makes sense to just we do nordic here and we do everything down in jindy yeah awesome obviously you're uh you're a well-traveled backcountry skier as well steve um and you know rich and i and i'm sure many other people know how awesome new south wales is for backcountry skiing uh just in terms of the access i guess com- compared to victoria it's you know it's really just a, a giant uh playground and you can make of it what you will where um you know would you be willing to share uh with us some of your you know favorite memories or favorite places to go backcountry skiing up in the new south wales high country where do you like to get out and about to uh, honestly i love it all there there's just so much of it uh, i guess it depends if i'm on a Quick little day trip, and we've got stuff right off the back of uh, of Mount Perisher to the drop into Paralyzer, drop into Guthrie's, and there's a million lines there and a million fun drops to hit. Um, the my real favorite, and every every year that's the only thing I really want to do is get out and ski the the Western Faces out to the crags. The crags are the crags. That's just, that's the stuff. It's that's the, the Watson's crag. Yeah. Watson's yeah. crags. It's the stuff. 
<laughs> it's rad. I mean, I guess though everyone that's the be all and end all. It's the stuff. Um, but there's a truckload of cool stuff on the way out there. Um, you know, skiing, skiing the like Club Lake, Blue Lake. Uh, mm. those, there's heaps of cool lines on all of those. Um, everywhere you look, that there's just another there's another line to ski every every single spot. And every time you get to the top of a ridge. Actually, good mate of mine. Well, you guys know uh, Rob Bath. He, him and I, well, he hasn't been at the shop now for a couple of years, but we were doing every trip together. And after one trip out to the, well, we were on our way to the crags um, and we got to the top of a ridge and I went, oh, that line looks cool. I want to go and ski that. Um, so I did. It was off the back of the Sentinel. And it added the climb back up out of there added hours so at the end the way home on that trip we made a rule we we pick what we want to do we pick our goal for the trip and we just do that we don't get to the top of <laughs> no getting to the top of a ridge and going for that line over there because you get to the top of that ridge and there's another line to ski Yes, and you know it's probably easier to make um, decisions like that when you're at the top of the hill rather than at the bottom. So you you probably needed to you know decide decide what you're going to ski down when you're at the bottom before you have to skin up, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. And that wasn't even coming back out of that um, off the back of the Sentinel. That wasn't a skin. That was a full boot pack. Oh, no, yeah. So that was yeah. That wasn't fun. <laughs> it was a cool line. Hey, it was was it worth it? Yeah, the line was rad. It was tight at the top and jumped through a couple little trees and it was, it was rad. Rob stayed on the other side and he probably got like four runs to my one, but yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like a big old skin to take up most of your day. Steve, I'm interested to know what your first impressions were like when you first skied in Australia. Obviously you grew up in Canada, so you would have skied some pretty cool places overseas. Well, Kind of funny, the first day I skied in Australia, um, I don't know if you remember back to 2000, that year was still probably one of the biggest years. Every single week, it snowed a meter. It would go through a whole season every week. We'd wake up on, when I think it was Wednesday morning or Thursday morning to a meter of snow, storm ski the resort, then you get out back and, and tour. Then all of a sudden it's it's park days. You've got proper spring slush. And then all of a sudden it's Wednesday night and you're getting ready for a big dump of snow again. And that first day, Bruce took me up on the hill and he goes, don't get used to this. <laughs> never, <laughs> never like this in Australia. <laughs> went, wow, if this is, it's never like this. Cause that was a, that was a pretty epic year. We, yeah. And I ended up hooking into hooking up with a few boys that took me, um, took me on a big trip out to, to the main range. And we skied, we skied a line off the, the summit of the Sentinel. Um, and it was fresh, soft, deep. We skied North Coats Canyon, couple, a uh, couple lines in there all sorts of cool rocks to that. I was actually pretty impressed. All these people that go, Oh, Australia doesn't even have snow. 
and mm. we're skiing places called Little Austria and all these cool it was cool stuff it just took a while to get to it yes always worth it though the long skin in always worth it yes always worth it indeed so have you done much stuff in victoria i've actually met you before after the backcountry festival once i was picking something up that i bought off bruce in swish and chips the local takeaway joint here in mount beauty and you just broken your wrist i think up at mount Hotham. Uh, <laughs> that was at the backcountry festival first run ever at uh no i shouldn't say, yeah first run at Hotham in the resort um on a what is it, beginner big d they call it oh, the big d <laughs> the big d 30 centimeters of fresh snow on top of rocks and grass and i dug my the tip of my cores into a rock I dug the top of my helmet into another rock and apparently my wrist bashed onto another rock mm. and did that a few times uh, and then picked myself up and skied back to our demo tent. No, I didn't know what happened. I just got back to the tent and went, oh, hey, cool. Yeah, you, you want to try some skis? And everyone went, dude, you don't look good. And I went, uh, no, nah, I'll be all right. I'm cool. Hey, <laughs> put me on the bus and... Somebody told the bus driver, make sure he gets off at the medical center. And so I did and came back to the demo tent a few hours later with my hand wrapped in plaster. And it was a very different trip. So hopefully COVID, everybody does the right thing. And we're back at Hotham for this year's, uh, this year's Backcountry Festival. And I can go and ski all the cool stuff that everybody tells me is at Hotham. Yes, fingers crossed that does happen, the Backcountry Festival. We cannot wait to get up there. And we're going to get you guys on NTN. We need all you guys on a set of Outlaws. If we, if we make it down there, you guys get to ski Outlaws. Sure. Sounds good. Brad. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we were meant to try it last year, but obviously things didn't work out the way we wanted it to. But, oh, well. Moving on into the future and moving on with the interview, we've got a next question here is about the telly scene in Perisher and Threadbow and just in New South Wales in general. It seems to be getting more popular here slightly. What's it like up there? It's a really, it's a really varied sort of thing. I mean, just it's that's a hard one. Like there's there's this monster crew of of people that are on that are still on leather boots and three pins uh and you know they were slowly putting the, getting all those guys upgraded to nbc we slowly there's a monster range of um like two slash three buckle uh boots that are skiing around on pattern based skis with with axles mounted on them uh, mm-hmm. but the, the NTN crowd is growing. The, the, the crew is here. There's a, it's a bit very underground. Uh, it was pretty rad though. Today, when I was out at ART bar, I saw a truckload of crew. All these people are like, Oh, I never see tele skiers. And I saw heaps of crew out there. They know nobody ever, you know, they give them, it's that little secret 
quick little nod of the head. And yes, yeah, yeah. I don't know you, but I know you. Yeah. <laughs> you got the right stuff on your feet, so you must be cool. Yeah, it's yeah. the magician's code or something, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, but we're getting things. I think it's – look, and that's – I guess that's been my thing forever. I mean, almost 20 years ago, I did these things called the Steve Crazy Telemark Camps uh, or Clinic, and we just got crew on skis, and we went and skied backwards. We rode rails. We skied and we just played. Um, I came down to Falls Creek one year for when the backcountry, I guess it was the backcountry festival. Um, or then it was like a telemark festival. And I had this group of five or six um, board Betty, Betty, Shred Bettys, I think they were called. The Shred Bettys. All rad snowboard girls. And we got them all on Telemark skis. Oh, yes. That is good and news. The raddest thing about that, they had the best time ever. Like, they absolutely shredded. It's pretty damn easy to come from, from snowboard to tele. I mean, I came from snowboard to tele. If you can ride switch on a snowboard, you can already tele. You can do both Telemark turns. You just got to figure that step in between go from one turn to the other, but that ain't that hard. Um, but I got messages from one of the girls who had gone all the way to Whistler. She was in Vancouver in one of the backcountry shops in Van, in North Van. <laughs> she decided, she said she, she did a bit of name dropping and they remembered me, which <laughs> I went, oh, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, uh, but she, barely snowboarded when she went to Canada that season. She was telling all through Whistler and then ended up over at Big White on skis for the whole winter. Uh, so I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Went from a one day at a Telemark festival to a whole season overseas on telly. That was pretty rad. I was stoked about that. Stoked to hear that. That is excellent to hear, just getting another Jedi back from the dark side. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. That's why we do the, uh, the Telemark, what do we call it, sorry? We call it Telefest Tuesday. Um, well, we did Telefest the first year when I was here in, in Australia. Telefest was like a whole weekend up at Threadbow. Um, we had demos, we had races, we had clinics, we had a barbecue and a feed at night there were, it was like a whole weekend and it was it was epic i i still get people messaging me like out of the woodwork going oh you were you were at telefest with us like 20 years ago or back on this day or that's got a those telefest days got a lot of crew onto skis for the first time um, and that's where we've kind of gone now with with Telefest Tuesdays. Parisher has night skiing, so it's three hours worth of uh, just it's just Front Valley, but Front Valley at night is pretty. It it can be pretty fun. Uh, last last week it was Fresh Pow all night, so that was that made it really fun. Uh, and I think it's going to be the same tonight. 
but we've got a we've got a deal now. Just because of COVID, we're like, you know what? There's there's barely anyone around. Let's let's get some more. Let's get more crew. So half price, higher gear. People get to put some new tele gear on their feet, and then we go up and we ski for three hours. We, we are there. We are the last. Try to get the very last chair um, at at right on the nine o'clock button, uh, and it's, there's there's usually quite a few crew out. I'm pretty stoked to see. I've talked to a lot of people this week that were coming to grab gear, or they already are telliers. But you know, I, whoa, a whole night—it's all going to be telly skiers out there. Uh, it'll be a lot of us. Uh, pretty excited to see. We start in the far out, about an hour. Awesome. You'll have to uh, send us a, an Instagram story or something when you're up and about on the hill. Oh, definitely. Thanks so much for giving us so much of your time. We won't uh, hold you up too much longer, let you get out there for Telly Tuesday. But I, ha- I have to ask, Steve, where did uh, where did the name Steve Crazy come from and how did, how did that all come about? <laughs> come about? <laughs> um, when I lived in Whistler, everyone just – Everyone just called me Crazy Steve or Steve Crazy. I used to telemark ski with all the Alpine skiers. I'd go wherever they went and I did whatever they did. Um, You know, back then when I was in Whistler, we had all the world tour skiers. We had all the, I got to ski with guys like Hugo Harrison. Um, Remember skiing with Seth Morrison. Uh, We had... Ryan Oakton, Dana Flett, like the, everybody in Whistler was somebody back then, it felt like. And I just, I just followed them everywhere. And if they went up to wherever they went, I went and I skied whatever they did. And we'd go into the park and I'd do what they did. And uh, I got to ski with Shane McConkey quite a bit uh, back then. And one of those days, we were down in Snowbird. For, we were in Snowbird for the the first stop of the uh, sorry second stop of the World Tour, and we had qualifier day, and then all of a sudden it just dumped and it dumped and it dumped and it was that like proper Utah fluff. Um, so everybody got a free ski day. They just held the contest, like they, everything was on hold, and it was the whole World Tour getting to go free ski. Um, so Shane and I just went in and it was, it was, I mean, you had to keep up to Shane to actually get to do laps with him. Um, but I just stared at the tails of his skis and followed his tracks everywhere. He went, I went, uh, it, it was a pretty epic day. Um, and I, I guess that sort of, some of that kind of stuff is where it came from and it just always stuck. One last question, Steve, before we wrap up the show. What's the future for Steve Crazy in the immediate future or indeed, you know, in five or ten years' time? Hopefully just a truckload more of the same, uh, combining backcountry, park, and and resort all into one. Big. I, I, I love to – yeah, I love air, so I love to – jump off whatever I can find. I would love to find things with better landings. Um, <laughs> always seem to find stuff that 
looks really cool, but seems to have a very flat landing. Um, so, you know, that would, I would love to find things with steeper landings, but whatever, if it, if it looks fun and I'll, I'll still just, I'll probably still just jump off it. Uh, but yep, big backcountry trips. As soon as weather clears for more than a day, uh, we'll start getting the, getting a lot more tours going and get out, like I said, get back out to the crags as soon as possible. Uh, get out to, I've had one day at Club Lake this year and I really want to get out there ASAP, but just need the weather to, to, to cooperate. But if that means a, you know, 85 centimeter storms every week, okay, I'll ski some, some backcountry trees for a while longer. And then spring will be the, the backcountry scene. Well, again, Steve, thanks so much for your time. It's been a fantastic be a, episode chatting yeah. to you. And hopefully we see you at the Backcountry Festival in September. Looking forward to it. Oh, fingers and toes are crossed for sure. I can't wait to get down there. Thanks again, mate. We'll catch you later. Awesome. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, It's been a pleasure. But for now, I'm on my way to the hill. Later. See ya. Those telly guys hope you have enjoyed this program. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch at thosetellyguys at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe for more fun episodes. Otherwise, you can find us on Instagram. Thank you. (laughs) 